Have you ever noticed that so many people do not want to exist in the station in life that they are presently in? So like when a guy's like, you know, 12 years old, he's thinking he's looking at the girls that are like in high school, saying, oh, those are the girls. I wish I was 16. And then when he's 16, he wishes that he was a senior. And then when he was a senior in high school, he says, oh, I wish I was in college because that's where the real action is. And then when you're in, your, in college, you say, oh, if only I was like making some money and I wish I was 30 years old, I could do whatever I want, totally free from my parents. And then when he's 30, he stops, he goes, oh, you know what? I, you know, I just got married. And the kid's like keeping me up all night. It's like a little baby. And the, all the screaming, if only the kid would start like, you know, just get out of this stage a little bit, you know, if they're a few years older. And then when the, the, they're in the terrific twos and threes and they're causing havoc, they're like, oh, if only they'd just be a little older. And then now the kid's like, you know, and fourth grade there's so much homework in fifth grade so much homework oh why can't he just do it himself he's a teenager and he's a teenager well that's his own problems and then the kids are like leaving the house and then you're saying they're leaving their house it's like you know I, I wish they were around i wish the kids were younger and then and then and then the guy stops and says oh my goodness you know now i'm 50 years old oh man best years of my life are gone you know remember i was so in shape when i was 30 years old i could do whatever i wanted to do and then he's like 70 years old and he really wishes he was much younger and then Never. So he wish you were retired. Then he wish you were in business. Whatever it is, person is single. They wish they were married. They're married. They wish they were single. <laughs> you know, there's always you know the grass is always greener on the other side. And I always say the grass is always greener wherever you water it. My name is Yitzwein. I'm the rabbi of Young Israel Asia of Las Vegas, and I want to share with you today that you are exactly where you are supposed to be. Whatever stage in life you're in, that's where you're supposed to be. And I'm not just saying it because that's a happier way to live. I'm saying it because it's true. I'm going to share from the Torah where we learn this, and it's going to contain all sorts of other insights, and you will find it incredibly fascinating. So again, the topic is wherever you are in life, that's where you're supposed to be. That's the best place for you, according to your free will decisions. Now. In the Torah, there's a situation of someone who commits who commits manslaughter. In other words, he accidentally killed another person. The specific case that is pulled out in the Torah and then and then flushed out furthermore in the Talmud is a fellow who's chopping wood with an axe. So when he chops wood with the axe, he hits so he hits the wood, and then when he takes his arm and he retracts his arm back behind his shoulder, the head of the axe was not affixed to the handle well enough, and it flies backwards, hits somebody else, and that other person dies. Now, by the way, I know this sounds far-fetched, but I actually met someone whose best friend died that exact way. Yeah, the person said, you know, my, my best friend died. I feel very sad. How'd they die? Yeah, they're out chopping wood with his family and his uh, brother, you know, you know, took, the axe handle flew off and the, the head of the axe flew off the handle and like, went over, hit my friend in the head and died. And I was like, I know I should have been very, you know, compassionate at that time. I'm given like one of these, oh, wow, I'm so sorry to hear that. But I was much more like, no way. That's the case in the Torah. I never thought such a thing could happen. And I realized what I was saying. <laughs> I was like, oops. Anyway, at any rate, so such a thing could happen. But that guy, so he's called, a, he committed a homicide. Uh, he committed manslaughter, accidentally killed somebody. The law in the Torah is that the immediate relatives of the deceased can seek vengeance on that person 
and kill him unless he goes to a place called a refuge city. Now, a refuge city, as long as he lives in the refuge city, the relatives of the deceased are not allowed to touch him. However, and, and why does he go to the refuge city? Because the refuge city is actually um, it just like, it's kind of a side point we're talking about. But the refuge city contains Levium, contains people of holy stature who are learning Torah. And the Kabbalah, Jewish Kabbalah, teaches us that when you learn Torah and you pray, your spirituality goes into the walls of your house and into the ground that you are standing on. And then other people that come in to that house or on that ground, the spirituality now goes from the walls and the ground back into other people. So what happens is that even though this person accidentally killed another, we know there really is no such thing as accidents. And everything, nothing happens without the will of the, of the Almighty. And so therefore, this person had some kind of deficiency in his soul that he needed to go into this city and live with these people so that he should be affected through their holiness. And he has to stay in that city. I mean, he can leave whenever he wants, but he just might get killed from the, you know, the immediate relatives. But there comes a point in time when he can leave the city and no one can touch him. In other words, it's considered as if his soul has gone through a complete rectification of whatever it needs to, for not only for the accident, so to speak, of killing another, but whatever else is going on in his soul. So his soul has gone through a complete rectification. Now he can go about and live wherever he wants. When is that point? That is when the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, when he dies. When the high priest dies, then that person can, li can leave the city, the refuge city, and live wherever he wants because he has had enough of an atonement for his, you know, for his accidents, his mistakes, and whatever else is going on in his soul. Okay, that's the story. Why do I say that it is this particular story that teaches you that wherever you are is exactly where you need to be and that is the best place for you? The reason I say that is because of two competing situations. See, one situation is a person accidentally kills another and he goes to the refuge city and the Kohen Gadol is 30 years old and the Kohen Gadol lives till 100. And he basically, and this man spends his, enti his entire life in the refuge city. And another person does the exact same act, except when he does it, the Kohen Gadol is an old man. The Kohen Gadol is 99 years old, maybe in frail health. So as soon as he goes and enters the refuge city, the Kohen Gadol dies finished. He's atoned for. He can leave and no one can touch him. How can that make sense? Same action, two different people. One person literally spends his life in prison, in the refuge city is a prison. The other person gets out very quickly, you know, maybe even after a day or an hour it could be, right? So the reason the difference is because God determines for every individual what they need and why they need to go where they need to go. So for the first guy, he needed to spend 70 years in a refuge city to fix up his soul. For the second guy, he only needed to spend an hour or a day. That's the story. And from that, we learn a principle that wherever we are, 
is where we're supposed to be based on our free will decisions. Now, if we make different free will decisions, so then our souls are different and our makeup, what we need for atonement is different. Maybe we choose to get atonement. We can use our free will to, you know, I know what the right thing to do is. And if I know what the right thing to do is and I go forward with it so I can fix my soul. Or sometimes I know what the right thing to do is. I say, you know what, I'd rather do something else. And you go and you say, ah, no, I'm, I'm interested in other things. Or, or the converse, you know, I know it's wrong. And I say, you know what, I want to do the wrong thing or I don't want to do the wrong thing. So whatever the case is, we're making, we're constantly making decisions. Those decisions are affecting our souls. And, um, and therefore we should, uh, we should recognize that that's, um, then we find ourselves in a position in our lives that um, is where we're supposed to be. So if you're single and you wish you were married, that's great. Work on becoming the right person and you'll meet the right person. If you're married and you wish you were single, either fix your marriage or uh, get single. Uh, if you're, if your kids are annoying you because they are at an age that are just, it's really difficult for you and your spouse to handle, understand that yes, kids grow up too fast and you'll be through this period of your life very soon. If you're in a period of that, you have a lot of financial difficulties or health challenges. Um, you know what, again, take each one of these challenges as a gift from the almighty. You don't have, you didn't accidentally kill somebody. You're not going to prison. You're rather, but you're going through a, a certain atonement and always strive to put yourself around holier people, people who are learning more Torah, people that are, are, are praying more in order to elevate your soul and allow the, allow yourself to be fixed by the radiation of goodness, uh, that, uh, that happens when you hang around righteous people. So without further ado, here we are, producer Dana Rutherford. Thanks, Rabbi Wine. Hi, please, everyone. Please share with us uh, some uh, questions that have been sent in. All right. So we have three very interesting questions. The first one says, so let me tell you, I have a friend who always thinks she's in an alternative life, that in the real version, she should be a totally famous and successful person. But in real life, she's very much an introvert. I don't understand why she thinks that. I never understand it, but she's my friend and I love her. What does this mean? Good. I'm glad you love her. Accept her for she is. No, I mean, we want to teach people to be happy with where they are at, right? Yeah. But it's not, as we just explained, it's not only about being happy where you're at because you live a happier life. It's about understanding that wherever you are is actually good for you. So for this particular person, it might be that her aspirations to be famous, to be whatever, it might be that she needs to actually work on those aspirations. And that is her tikkun from that, that, that is the way she fixes her soul, being such an introvert. So in other words, there's a reason why she has those aspirations, why God is putting into her heart those visions. It, it might be that that's really what her soul should, she should work on or the process of working to change her soul into that person is the way it should be. So, that's neat. Okay. All right. Number two, what happens when people do so many things right in their life? give tons of tzedakah, kind, work hard, good to others, but they struggle tremendously. How would someone in that position cope slash work to have more ease in their life? So again, the, the, the process, this, first of all, understand this is, a, this life is not, <laughs> it's not all it's cracked out to be. As a matter of fact, I think most people get tired of this life and die. Um, the thing is that, you know, King Solomon says that only one out of a thousand people Pass, live their lifetime with more pleasure than pain and frustration. 
this is a, a world that we, we live in a life that there's plenty of pain and frustration. We teach ourselves to smile every day, to smile at the present, smile at the future and uh, appreciate the past. But this is just a world of frustration. So I think the recognition of that, that first one is say like, listen, okay, you know, I am supposed to, you know, I, I am supposed to go through these difficulties. And the other element is that it's not about the accomplishment, it's about the journey. It really is. It's, it's God is less concerned. When, when people have children, they understand that you, you don't tell your children, if you don't get all A's, you know, you're going to get such a beating. That's terrible parenting. You say to your children, do your best. I want you to do your best in school. What, you're playing, you're playing soccer. Just do your best. Win or lose. Just if you do your best, you can look at yourself in the mirror with self-respect. And that's a much greater pleasure than you know, a million dollars. There's plenty of people out there. They got millions of dollars. They don't have self-respect. They're in constant torment. There are many people out there. They owe a bunch of money. They have the pressures, but they have self-respect because they know they do the right thing. That is a much greater pleasure. So understand the pleasure system and understand that frustrations are there to help you uh, elevate yourself. That's beautiful. And the last one yeah. says, someone told me once that our souls are actually made of multiple souls that came before us and that they are stitched together so that our soul is a combination of many souls. Is that the way it is? That is a Kabbalistic idea. I don't know if that's helpful for anybody to understand that or not to understand. It. I like I don't know the benefit of, of that. So um, let's leave it at that. You know, learn Torah that benefits you. Okay, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Rabbi Yitzwine. Thank you, Dana. Thanks. And, uh, well, it's always great to have you part of the Life is Great community. Thanks for listening to the Life is Great podcast. Share this with your friends and they will love you for it. If you have questions or comments, please email me at rabbiyitzwine at gmail.com. That's R-A-B-B-I-Y-I-T-Z. W-Y-N-E at Gmail. For more content, check out our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Thank you to Dana Rutherford for producing today's episode. And remember, if you decide to make it a great day, then your life will be great. Thank you for listening and being part of the Life is Great community. To keep these podcasts and other awesome programs available for free, please consider making a tax-deductible donation at yiaishlv.org backslash contribute.